you guys turn your, your Bibles or the front of your bulletin to 1 Peter and chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only those who are good and considerate, but also those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. May God bless the reading of his word. A few weeks ago in the Wednesday night Bible study, came across a verse from 1 Peter chapter 2, kind of stuck out to me. It says this, Live such good lives among the nations that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. That really popped out to me because uh, we're living in a day and age uh, when uh, Christians will be accused of wrongdoing. Uh, 20 years ago, um, Christians weren't the majority, but at least society respected or, or even thought, you know, they have some nice views, but they're kind of quaint views, uh, but uh, kind of accepted in society as Christians. Well, now we're living in a day and age where uh, Christians are considered dangerous, and our views are considered to be evil, and our actions are considered to be suspect. And uh, that was the day in which Peter lived and the early church existed. Christians were viewed as dangerous and suspect. And so Peter writes this letter to Christians in the northern part of Turkey who were undergoing persecution and having a difficult time from their neighbors, but also from the government. And he writes them this letter to encourage them in their faith, but also to say, here's what you need to be doing. And uh, so this is where we've already been, living the Christian life when it's considered dangerous and evil. First of all, you need to know who you are. We talked about that. As Christians, we've been redeemed. We're bought with a price. We're children of God. We're a special people, a, a special possession to God. And we're strangers and aliens here. This is not our primary place of existence. Our best passport is not our Canadian passport. It's our passport that God has given to us. Our names are written down in heaven. 
and that's where our citizenship is. Uh, we are strangers and aliens here. We're just a passing through. We sang that song, right? We're just a passing through. Strangers, aliens, sojourners. Uh, so know who you are. Number two, control your desires. Abstain from the desires of the flesh, Peter says. And so Christians have to control whatever their desires might be. Desires to have things. Desires to have power over people. Uh, desires for anger. All kinds of desires that Christians need to control. Three, last week we talked about living a good lifestyle and having a life full of good deeds so that the world will see our good deeds. And when they accuse us of doing wrong, eventually they go, wait just a second. Look at all of the good deeds they're doing. They're the ones that are helping people. And I believe Christians more than anyone else should have lives full of good deeds, full of helping our neighbors. Um, yesterday, uh, we were doing the stage until I think I left at 4.30. I, I had some other work to do, and I got home at 5.30, and my neighbor was out raking her lawn, and I thought, no, I'm not going to help her, and I thought, oh, no, I just preached on Sunday about doing good deeds, and so I had to go out and help my neighbor rake her lawn. Um, hopefully, that's not the only reason why I did it. But uh, our lives should be full of good deeds. And uh, that's the way we're going to answer our world who says Christians are dangerous. And they will look at our lives and say, no, they're following Jesus. He wanted them to live a good life for others, and we're doing that. Number four, and this is the one we're going to do today. So if you're, if you're, new, if you're new to the church, uh, you came for a doozy. Uh, submit. And uh, Peter says this is the default setting for the Christian. Submit. And we're going to talk about that. And then next week we're going to, uh, no, actually we can't do it next week. Next week's Mother's Day. Uh, we'll speak about mothers next week, but then the fifth one will be be ready to speak. When someone asks for the hope that you have within you, you should know the reason for the hope within you and, and be able to tell them that. Uh, that will be the fifth one. Uh, you will notice with me, well, let me, let, me, let me do this one first. If you go to the next slide there, Lynn. Um, okay, I forgot about that slide. <laughs> so this, this, is, this is the outline, this is the outline from the text of uh, First Peter, uh, verses 13 through 17, he says, submit to uh, every human institution. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, then in verses 18 through 25, he says, submit to masters. Then in verses uh, 1 through 6, uh, submit to husbands. And I thought I would be speaking about that today, wives submitting to husbands. I don't think we'll get to it. And uh, submitting, sorry guys. And uh, submitting to elders, uh, chapter 5 and verse 5. If you go to the next slide. So just to give you a flavor 
for what is happening in this time period. Peter writes about 60. And this is from a Roman governor named Pliny, Pliny the Younger. He's writing in 115. And he's, and he's the governor of the same area that Peter is writing to, northern Turkey. He's the governor of Bithynia. And uh, he's writing to the emperor, Trajan, and, he, and he's having a problem with Christians. And so he's writing to the Roman emperor, what should I be doing with these Christians that are popping up? And uh, here's, uh, here's what he writes. Oh, before, oh, before I tell you what he writes. Pliny is actually, Pliny is famous. And Pliny is famous because we have a lot of his letters. We have 247 letters that he wrote. And uh, Pliny really thought a lot of himself. That's why he kept his letters. How many of you keep your letters? No, some of them? Pliny kept his letters so that other people could read them. Because he thought they were so good. And uh, anyways, uh, he was raised by his uncle. And uh, they are famous because they are at Vesuvius when Vesuvius erupts. And they're out on a little island. And when Vesuvius erupts, they both get on a boat and, because they want to get close to it to see it. So they get on a ship and they go close to the shore where Vesuvius is erupting. And they both go onto the shore. And as soon as they do that, they realize we don't want to be here. And they go to run off the shore to get back in their ship. And Pliny the Elder has a heart attack. And he dies on the shore. So he's one of the victims of Vesuvius, but it's kind of his own fault. Kind of, I don't know, how many of you slow down to gawk when you see an accident? When Joanne and I first moved to Sarnia, we heard that there was a huge fire plume in Chemical Valley. So you know what we did? We got on our car, and we drove there to see what was happening. <laughs> That's stupid. Okay, anyways, Pliny, Pliny, Pliny is well known. He went to Vesuvius. That's where his uncle died. Eventually, he becomes the governor. This is what he writes about Christians. He says, for the moment, this is the line I have taken with all persons brought before me on charges of being Christians. I have asked them in person if they are Christians, and if they admit it, I repeat the question a second and third time, with a warning of punishment awaiting them. If they persist, I order them to be led away for execution. For whatever the nature of their admission, I'm convinced that their stubbornness and unshakable unshakable obstinacy ought not go unpunished. Now that I've begun to deal with the problem, as so often happens, the charges are becoming more widespread. For a great many individuals of every age and class, both men and women, are being brought to trial, and this is likely to continue. And I love that. Do you, do you, do you hear what they're convicted for? It's on the screen. I'm convinced that their stubbornness and unshakable obstinacy ought not go unpunished. They are being punished because when they're before the judge and he says, are you a Christian? He just wants them to go, you know something? I think Christianity's bad. They won't say that. 
And so he believes they deserve to be killed just because they won't bow down to Rome. Um, I asked this question, why is this so upsetting to people in power? And the answer is because we don't think they are the ultimate power. And you'll see that in this text. We believe God is the ultimate power. Uh, Currently, China is massively undertaking new restrictions against Christians, trying to stop Christians from meeting together, trying to stop Christians educating leaders and children, and even now they are trying to stop the selling of Bibles. Our friends in China, missionaries in China, can't even mention the name God in their letters or in their emails because all of their emails are sifted. Uh, they can only meet with Chinese Christians in secret. And why, why is that? And I think the reason is, is because Christians believe God's in charge, God's the ultimate power, and not the powers that be. Okay, with that said, if you go to the next slide. That's small. How many of you can read that? Oh, that's easy to read? I can read it without my glasses on. Okay, so what should we be doing? When they accuse us of wrongdoing, the default setting for Christians is to submit. Notice he says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Submit yourselves to every human authority. Whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong, and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Why should we submit to every human authority? For the Lord's sake. For Jesus. That's why we submit. For Jesus. The last time I got a traffic ticket, uh, I was in Kamlaki on the corner through Kamlaki where it slows down to 50. How many of you got a ticket there? Okay, I'm the only one. The policeman was sitting right on the corner. And for some reason, I was not paying attention to the speed limit. I didn't even slow down. (laughs) And I went around the corner, and sure enough, he came up behind me. And uh, normally, I slow down there. He came up behind me. He goes, do you know why I'm stopping you? And I said, I know why. I said, I saw you sitting there. I, didn't, I forgot all about the change of the speed limit till I saw you there. And then it was too late. And he goes, okay. He goes, well. I said, I, I, he said, I tell you what. You're going 25 over. He says, I'm going to make it 10. And I said, well, you're very nice today. Because I was wrong. I admit it. Uh, and uh, it's interesting because sometimes we can get mad. That stupid police officer, right? <laughs> How dare he do that? And uh, here we've got a text that we says we submit to every human authority, even the ones that put up the traffic signs. And uh, as Christians, we do that. We submit to that for the Lord's sake. And when he says every human authority, that's whether you're in an institution going to school, 
that sets rules for you, you follow their rules. Or whether you're in a sports league and you've got rules of the league, you follow the rules. Or whether it's the government, when you go to fill out your taxes, you follow the rules. For Jesus. Not for them. You do it for Jesus. That's why you follow the rules. We submit. It's our default setting. I love it. It's God's will that by doing good, you should silence. That's God's will to submit. Go to the next slide. Live as free people. And as Christians, we're free, right? We're bought, by, bought with a price. The blood of Jesus. We are free. But that doesn't mean we're free to do wrong. Instead, he says, live as God's slaves. Live for God. Honor everyone. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers or love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. I always find it strange as as Paul and Peter write these kind of things because their emperor is, it's Caesar, but which Caesar? Nero. Nero is not a nice friend of Christians. He's not even a good person. Um, One of the ways he killed Christians was he covered them in wax and he lit them on fire so that his gardens would be lit by burning Christians. That's who we're submitting to. It doesn't say submit to the good ones. We submit to the government. If you're waiting for a good government, you're going to wait a long time. Right? You think of all the governments around the world. Out of all the governments around the world, hey, we got one of the better ones. And even we question that one. And yet, we should all submit to the government. It seems every government in the world wants to punish wrongdoers. You notice that? There's no country in the world that says, yeah, go ahead and murder. We don't care what you do. Every government doesn't want murder. They don't want theft. They don't want kidnapping. They all stop that evil, evil stuff. That's why he says, submit to government. Um, when uh, Donald Trump was running for the presidency of the United States, and he was talking about uh, one of the New Testament books that he was reading, and uh, he was talking about 1 Corinthians. And I thought to myself, that guy's not reading the Bible. Nobody calls it 1 Corinthians. <laughs> I must admit, I was wrong. There's a huge portion of the world that calls it 1 Corinthians. (laughs) In fact, English call it 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 1 John, 2 John. I apologize, President Trump. I made fun of you. I was wrong. And you deserve respect as the President of the United States. A lot of people don't respect him. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau deserves respect as the Prime Minister of Canada. And uh, if, your neighbor is the, if your neighbor comes to your house and knocks on the door and he says, Hey, Dave, how are you doing? Uh, can you help me today? I would be respectful and help him. 
And if the prime minister comes to your door and he knocks on your door, guess what? You show him even more respect than you showed his neighbor, your neighbor. Why? Because he's the prime minister of Canada. That's why. Deserves respect. Notice, honor the emperor. Honor Prime Minister Trudeau. Honor President Donald Trump. As Christians, that's what we do. Go to the next slide. I was right. We're, we're not going to get to wives. Sorry, wives. Slaves. Um, l- let, me, let me give you my spiel on slaves before I read this. <laughs> one-third of the Roman Empire is in slavery. So one-third of the Roman Empire are slaves. So when you go to Rome and you look at all those wonderful ruins, that's slave, that's slave, that's slave built, right? That's, that's mistreated people building all those buildings. And uh, that's kind of sad. But slaves, there are different classes of slaves. If you've seen Ben-Hur, how many of you have seen Ben-Hur? And uh, when he gets convicted of a crime and he gets sentenced, he's put in the bottom of the ship and he rows the ship. And uh, do you know where he sleeps? He sleeps where he rows the ship. And you know where he eats his meals? He eats his meals where he rows the ship. That's his life. That's his life. Some slaves, that is their life. Hard labor, that's all you do. Criminals are treated that way. But there are different kinds of slaves. So some slaves are bond servants. You could sell yourself to a master for seven years. And he would be your master, you would be a bond servant, and for seven years you would serve him as a slave, and at the end of seven years, he would then give you some money, he would set you free, and then he would be your patron. He would help you in life, and you would be kind of obedient to him as, as, his, as, as, as him being your patron. And there were a lot of slaves like that. They were doctors and lawyers Uh, Teachers and writers, scribes, secretaries, um, a lot of a lot of slaves were that category. So, so when you talk about slaves, there's a huge spectrum of the kinds of slaves, but it's one third of the people. And so, Peter, here's his message to slaves: slaves in reverent fear of God. Notice, why are slaves submitting? Because of God. It's not because I'm afraid you're going to beat me. It's not, because, it's not because you have power over me. It's not because I belong to you. It's for God's sake I'm going to submit. In reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. Would you go to the next slide? I'm not going to be able to read that one. Actually, skip that one. We don't have time for that one. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable 
before God. And so slaves have to submit. Uh, it's interesting that uh, there is a letter in the New Testament written by Paul from prison. He's in prison because he's a preacher. And here's a letter written by Paul, Philemon, and it is written to the master of a slave. Onesimus has run away from his master, Philemon. He's come across Paul, and he has become a Christian. Paul knows Philemon. He's also a Christian. And so Paul writes to Philemon, and he writes to him saying, you know something? Onesimus has been wonderful for me. He's been very useful. Now I'm sending him back to you. And I am hoping that he will be useful to you too. And that you would accept him. And he doesn't say if you would free him, but he says if you would accept him as a brother in Christ. And Philemon did free him. And Onesimus became a bishop in the church. Wonderful story. But notice, the slave gets sent back to the master. You've got to make things right. You've run away from your master. Go back and make it right. And Philemon could have said, you know something, Onesimus? You're going back, going back in the chains. <laughs> You're going back to work. And Peter's advice would be, if the master tells you to go back to work, that's what you do. You submit to your master. Um, I think in some ways it's comparable to what we do in the world today with uh, employers. And uh, a number of years I have been in a union, and uh, it's hard to be in a union because really now you've got two bosses. <laughs> you have two employers. <laughs> You've got the person who, who pays your salary, but you also belong to the union, and they tell you what to do, too. Sometimes that's a tug of war. It's hard to figure out what to do with two bosses. And, uh, but uh, we signed contracts, and uh, we signed contracts, and we can't uh, get out of those contracts. Some of us signed contracts for years, some for months. Some of us can quit our jobs in two weeks. But you know something? If you are working for your employer, you've got to do what they want you to do. Even if it's yucky, you don't like it, uh, you are there to work for them. Uh, you don't have to stay there, right? You can give your notice and you can leave, but uh, you've got to do what they want. Why? The answer outside of these walls is so I can have money. <laughs> That's why I do it. The answer for Christians is we do it for God. That's why we do it. Even if our employers are miserable and unjust, if we've signed the contract and we said we're going to do it, we're going to do it for as long as that contract lasts. And we're going to keep our word. And notice how, strong, notice how he strengthens this. If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, it's commendable before God. To this you were called. Oh, I hate that. To this we were called to suffer for doing good. Hey, somebody didn't show me that line when I signed on to be a Christian. <laughs> I think I would have taken a marker and said, okay, I'm taking that out of the, where I'm signing. 
I don't want to sign up for that. That's what you were called to. To suffer for doing good. To this you were called. Why? Because Christ suffered for you. Leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. If you remember that little bracelet people used to wear, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? He would suffer. So what should you do? You should suffer too. You're called to it. Uh, if you do follow Jesus Christ, you will suffer. People will think you're stupid. They will think you're crazy. They think it's a little ridiculous to live that way. Uh, it's going to be hard. So Christ died on the cross, leaving us an example. We can take punishment and we can take persecution and we can suffer because that's what our Savior did. But there's one more step to it. If you go to the next slide, Lynn. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Wait just a second. How did we go from suffering to now I'm a sinner. You see, Jesus' death on the cross was a great example. But it's not just an example. He's dying on the cross for my sins. There's something in it for me. Something has happened for me when he died on the cross. He bore our sins in his body. And he was being punished, not because of his sin, but because of my sin. He bore our sins in his body on the tree in order that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Now, this is important. Um, one of the differences between, this is a, I would call us a conservative evangelical church. One of the differences between conservative evangelicals and moderate Christians or liberal Christians is this right here. What Jesus Christ does on the cross. Every Christian of any stripe would say Jesus is an example. Right? That's universal for all Christians. Those who are moderate Christians or liberal Christians, they would say Jesus' death on the cross, though, does nothing for your sin. He doesn't bear your sins on the cross. That has nothing to do with your sin. Evangelical Christians, we say, as, he's, as he dies on the cross, it is my sin that is actually being placed on Jesus and being punished by God so that I can be free from the consequences of that sin. That's what the cross is all about. It's a good example, but it's more than just an example. I am actually freed from my sins by Jesus on the cross, and that's why I ask him for forgiveness and the punishment that I deserve. He takes, and now I'm free from condemnation. And uh, by the way, I'm free from condemnation, and I'm justified, which just happened to win the, win the Kentucky Derby yesterday. Justify was the name of the horse that won the Kentucky Derby. Okay? I don't know if that was a Christian that was owning that horse. 
It was a Christian riding the horse. And, uh, wow, justified. Declared righteous, that's what justify means. Declare righteous. We are declared righteous because Jesus Christ took our sins in his body and he paid for them there on the cross. Wonderful. Christian, what's, what are we, what, how are we going to act in this world? When people say evil things about us and against us, we're going to submit. We're going to submit. That's our default setting. We submit to everyone we meet. We consider them to be better than us. We esteem them highly. That's our default setting. 